Hello and welcome again to our home at home service. It's always wonderful having you join us and if you are new, um, thank you for becoming part of our community. We've been talking recently about our warfare and the weapons of our warfare and whether we like it or not, um, every day we are battling something. We are trying to overcome or accomplish something and the way God teaches us is to really understand that we're never alone. It's a crazy thing if you're going to go out and fight a battle all by yourself. You have no backup and what that can amount to is defeat. But we know that with God, he is so intentional about how we fellowship together, how we travel, build our community together, and it allows us to be effective in what we're doing because we know we've got support. We know we're not alone. And we premise all of this on the kingdom tools, the weapons, the artillery that God makes uh, or gives at, at our disposal. And it allows us to really trust in his love and to feel assured that whatever he has planned for us, he will make come to pass. And the verse we've been really centered around is Hebrews 1.14, um, where Jesus, who is uh, Lord Sabbath, uh, meaning God of the angel armies, is really now um, ministering to us through the execution of the angelic ministry. And Hebrews 1.14 says, are not all angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve a company protect those who will inherit salvation and it says of course they are and I'm reading the amplified version I wonder if you can really understand these details they're sent by God so this is again another expression of his love it's interesting that when governments send out their armies I'm not sure that they're sending them out with love I think they're sending them out with purpose but you know not necessarily saying we're sending you out with love. I think that's obviously family members who would appreciate them. But God himself has assigned us ministering angels because he loves his children. And they are an asset to us. It says here they are there to serve a company, meaning you can never be alone, and also to protect and so I love that, that, that we are not alone and you are never alone in spite of how you may feel. And often opposing and uh, challenging forces will want to tell us that, you know, you've got to do this all by yourself. But God is saying, behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. And the angels here protect you. They guide and watch over us. And so with that in mind, it should really empower us to be confident in fulfilling what God has asked us to do. And so today, I really want to go through one of the Bible stories that really gives us a, a, a fantastic example of how angels work on our behalf. And we meet uh, this angelic expression in the story of Peter, who is in the middle of a challenging experience in his life where there are Christians are being persecuted and those disciples of Jesus are now becoming a target for those who are very anti-Christianity and we're talking about being Christians and the, the, the Jewish community were very opposed to that because they did not accept that Jesus was the Messiah. 
And what would happen was that the rulers of the day would actually piggyback on the back of this to benefit from this infighting, this conflict that was ensuing uh, between the Christians and the Jews. And these individuals who were originally uh, of, of the Jewish uh, culture, of the Jewish nationality, have been transformed by the work of Christ into becoming Christians, anointed men and women of God. And so here, Herod now is taking us or meeting us in this passage. Um, and it begins here in verse 1. He says, Herod got into his head to go after some of the church members. And I'm reading the message version. He murdered James, James John's brother, and when he saw how much it raised his popularity and ratings with the Jews, he arrested Peter. All this during Passover week. This is a special time of year for the Jews, and he's doing it all in Passover week. So there's great uh, uh, focus on what's happening. And the Jews are, in fact, involving this now as a part of their uh, celebration, but also it's something that is, is, is now going to satisfy those who are vying for blood from these Christians or Christians who are now becoming a threat to their beliefs. And we're seeing here that he says, because Herod saw the popularity and many people may look to do that with you. They want to benefit them by demeaning you, benefit by ridiculing you and feeling it is making them look popular. But we know that the God we serve never leaves us nor forsakes us. And look here, they, he says, oh, he arrests Peter and all of this this week. And he says, and then um, throwing him in jail and putting him four squads of four soldiers, each to guard him. He says, he was planning a public lynching after Passover. And what's interesting is what they don't know is that the number four has a really powerful representation in terms of understanding that our God is not a pushover. The number four actually represents things which are made. And we encounter this in uh, Genesis. And I want to just make this point. Um, he says here, it, it, it's the number associated with the world. So here is Herod. And he set four soldiers uh, on, you know, on one side and, and four on the other. And he's really just not understanding that no matter what he's doing, God is already abreast of this. But this number four, I want you to bear this in mind, it represents the world, the creation, everything about the world. It, it represents the elements. We've got earth, air, fire, water. We've got the regions, north, south, east, west. We've got seasons, spring, summer, autumn, winter. We've got the lunar cycles, new moon, first quarter, full moon, third quarter. And we've got the division of the day, morning, noon, evening and night. And let's not stop there. We've got divisions of man, which is lands, tongues, um, and, and families, and uh, nations. And we're seeing here that God is really emphasizing that in subliminally in the details, that what they thought was an asset to them is really declaring on the number four that God has the whole world in his hand. And I want you to know that today, that when others are ganging up on you, remember who owns the world. Remember who is in charge. And we see here that as they've done this, 
He says, all the time now, I, I, I look at this, because remember now, they want to uh, kill Peter, and it's going to be a public lynching after the Passover. So you can imagine the chatter, you know, amongst this celebration of their Passover week, that, oh, and by the way, at the end, we're going to come out and we're going to see another hanging. Verse 5, all the time that Peter was under heavy guard in the jailhouse, the church prayed for him most strenuously. So not only do we uh, understand that God, who has the whole world in his hand, is present in that four and four, because you see, what they are thinking is going to be an advantage to them. God is saying, I've got this. And it goes on in verse six, he says, then the time came for Herod to bring him out for the kill. Okay, and it's interesting here. He says, even though shackled to two soldiers, one on either side, Peter slept like a baby. So here he is, anticipating that he's going to be lynched. And what does he do? He's fast asleep between two soldiers shackled to them so he couldn't go anywhere. So we're talking about maximum security imprisonment. But what is Peter doing? He is resting. I want to let you know that in the middle of your challenge, the Bible tells us that God gives his beloved people rest. And you see here, the guards are keeping their eyes open and they're watching and Herod is taking no chance. But Psalms 127 verse 2 in the NIV says, In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food and eat. He says, because God grants sleep to those who he loves. So here Peter, in the most challenging situation, is fast asleep because he knows that God has got this. I mean, no matter what happens, he's in the will of God. Verse 7, suddenly, and here we go, suddenly, and I love that word, suddenly. It's the drama of the moment. Something impactful happens suddenly. You know, people may have a car crash suddenly, or you may have somebody jump or, 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 or come to attack you suddenly. And here we're looking at a suddenly, but a suddenly of a different nature. He says, suddenly there was an angel at his side and light flooding the room. I love that. So all of a sudden, we're looking at these ministering angels going to work on behalf of one of God's elect. And it says here, the angel shook Peter and got him up. Now, it's fascinating because the angels have appeared in the room. Now, you know, remember, these are guards that they're supposed to be watching. Now, we can assume maybe they had fallen asleep because actually we don't need to worry. We've got them bound to us. There's no way he's going anywhere. and We've got other guards around. We too can go to sleep. And maybe that's what's happened. Or God has done something miraculous that they can't even see what's going on. But it says here, the angel shook Peter and got him up and said, hurry. The cuffs fell off his wrists. Can you understand that our God is a cuff, a chain breaker? The angel said, get dressed, put on your shoes. So imagine in all of this, 
is all happening in a cell where Peter was supposed to be imprisoned and chained to others. So something miraculous is ultimately happening in here. And it says here, and they get, put on your shoes, Peter did it. Then grab your coat and let's get out of here. So it wasn't even, let's get out of here really quickly and run, leave everything behind. Peter was picking up his stuff because what God says, what he blesses you with, no one can take that from you. And if they do, he will give you double for your trouble. But here he's got time. He's picking up his goods. Then he says, and he grabs his coat and Peter followed him, but didn't believe it was really an angel. He's feeling like, oh God, maybe this is an outer body experiences. I wonder if you can understand a God who will always mystify you, who will always take you to a place where you're thinking, wow, God, I'm so overwhelmed with the power and the amazement of what you are doing that it's unbelievable, only that we know we walk by faith. And he said, and he thought he was dreaming. But I want to tell you that our God is a, a, a dream maker. He's a God who will make your dreams be true. And here we look at verse 10. He passed the first guard and then the second, and they came to the iron gate that led into the city. It swung open before them on its own. You see, this is the year of the, 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 the Jewish calendar of open doors. I know when we go into the Gregorian, it's also going to be a representation that we are stepping into the era of open doors. I wonder what doors God could be opening for you right now. I wonder what gates he's going to leave ajar for you to have access to your promise. And he says here, it swung open before them on its own. And they were out on the street free as the breeze. And the first intersection, at the first intersection, the angel left him. He's done his job. I wonder if you can allow your angel to continue to minister to you in those moments. Because often we are so consumed with our own situation that we're not aware that God is already working for us. And he's saying, so the angel had done his or her job, whatever the, 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 the definition of that sexuality might be. These are ministering angels, and it does the job and then goes off. He says, that's when Peter realized it was not a dream. I wonder if you can understand that God can begin and can do things in your life that will let you know this is not a dream. This is the omnipotent God uh, acting on your behalf with his military construction of armies that will do as he has designated for his will to manifest on earth. And Peter, as I said, realizing it's not a dream, he says, I can't believe it. Has this really happened? The master sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's vicious little production. And the spectacle that the Jewish mob was looking forward to. Hallelujah. But I love this here. You see, verse 12 says, still shaking his head in amazement. Hallelujah. He went to Mary's house, the Mary who was John's Mark's mother. The house is packed with praying friends. So we've got people who are praying for him. And I wonder if you understand that God 
Similarly, in a military perspective, we'll have people around the neighborhood, people who know you, who are praying for you. Sometimes it will be a random individual that God will give them your name and say, pray for this person right now because we are at war. And in this, God has your back. And so he arrives at the house of Mary. And this is what it then goes on to tell us. The house was packed with praying friends. When he knocked on the door to the courtyard, a young woman named Rhoda came to see who it was. But when she recognized his voice, Peter's voice, she was so excited and eager to tell everyone Peter was there that she forgot to open the door and left him standing in the street. Now, nothing happens by accident. But God likes to give you the full experience. I don't know about you, going to a movie, it's awful if somebody gives away the punchline, the ultimate outcome. And you want to go through and have that full experience as you discover the journey with the story. And this is what's happening, not just for Rhoda, but for the whole individuals who are immersed in prayer. Sometimes we can be so immersed in prayer that we're not even aware that God has already answered it because we're so immersed in prayer and this is what's happened here he says verse 15 but they wouldn't believe her because dismissing her dismissing her report you're crazy they're saying there's no way with that level of security that Herod is going to let this man free and I'm thinking well why are you praying the point is we pray to believe and hear God was saying actually the prayer that he's heard the voice of the, 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 the prayer and he's now already answered it he's calling her crazy they still wouldn't believe her and then it must be an angel all this time Poor Peter was standing out in the street, knocking on the door. Remember, he's still not secure. He's outside. So I think this is quite an amusing <laughs> moment for us in the kingdom and also for God. You know, here is Peter now out of prison, but he's also exposed. We've got a, a woman who has seen him and with so much, much excitement has run off to tell everybody else, leaving him still exposed and them not believing her. And it's interesting how in the middle of a situation, situation we can find a moment of confusion because the enemy always wants to do that but what has happened here could not be undone and so when they came it says finally verse 16 they opened up and saw him and went wild hallelujah I don't know about you but I would be doing that too I wonder if there's some moments right now where you can be leaving and saying God I never thought it was going to happen I never thought my son or my daughter was going to come back home or come have that breakthrough but hang on a minute God has come through and they went wild we have to consistently be saying God I thank you and with all our hearts and passion declare and celebrate his goodness and he goes on to declare he described how the master had gotten him out of jail then said tell James the brothers what's happened and he left them and went off onto another place and look at this at daybreak here they come now they're looking to have this spectacle and to laugh and to end the Passover with the Jews now having the, 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 the defeat of Peter but then they say, look here, where is Peter? What's happened? 
to Peter. When Herod sent for him, and they could neither produce him nor explain why not, he ordered the execution. Off with their heads. Fed up with Judea and Jews, he went for a vacation to Caesarea. Can I just say, God has just an amazing way that what they meant for you, what the enemy meant for evil for you, God has turned around for good and he's demonstrated his miraculous power to take you out of the most impossible situation. When you feel, God, there's no way this can happen, God has a way of coming through. And as we continue to see here that God has now created a triumphant moment because we have been assigned ministering angels that will fight on our behalf. And often they don't get to do their job or role because we are fighting our own battles. But I want to reiterate again, as we said in our last portion of this message, our previous portion, that we've got to allow the enemy to fight the battle. We've got to sit at our father's right hand rest as Peter did he had an amazing sleep while the angels of the Lord were acting on his behalf I'll read it again it says are not all the angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve and accompany and protect I wonder if you can let your angels go to work I wonder if you can allow your angels to do their job. Because when angels go to work, miracles happen. We are not alone. We have weapons of our warfare. And whether people want to believe it or not, they are real. I've had my own personal experience of angelic ministry. God has declared that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And he will always cause us to win a battle. Because why? We are his children. And in his love, he has set up everything in our favor. I wonder if you can allow the God we serve to fight on our behalf while you get your rest. It is time for us to mature in our faith, in our understanding. Some of us are exhausted, tired, troubled too much, living with anxiety too much because we're not believing what God has prescribed, what God has designed, what God has given to us. Because the battle is not yours, it is the Lord's. And I don't know about you, but I'm happy to let my angels do the fighting. To let the angels of the Lord fulfill their purpose and mission, rather than folding their hands and saying, well, when they get tired, maybe I'll chip in. God's got you. The Holy Spirit has surrounded you. The angels of the Lord are encamped around you. For the Lord is my light and my salvation, Psalms 27 says. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, 
come upon me to destroy and eat up my flesh and leave me for dead. But he says, I have this confidence in God that he's fighting for us. God is fighting for you. It's time to rest. And like Peter, watch the miracles happen. Let your angel do their job. Receive the ministry because it's an expression of the love of your Father. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That battle is already won. Trust and believe and give him all the glory because the battle is not yours, but it's the Lord's. God bless you.